Hey, Miriam. Welcome Hi. to the Hi, Minky. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Should we start off with a short intro of yourself? Absolutely. Sure. So my name is Miriam, and I'm the founder and chief mindfulness officer at Brain Spa, which is all about creative approaches to mindfulness and meditation. We're really passionate about helping people connect with a practice that is all about unleashing your full potential. So that can be done through uh, helping to reduce stress, improve performance, but also just be able to live a life that's in line with your values by helping to remove some of the hurdles that come with that. Interesting. So for some people, myself included, when we think about mindfulness, it evokes a lot of different images. Mm. It is. Mm -hmm. We start off with what mindfulness is. Absolutely. You know, when I, um, when I was first starting to introduce people to mindfulness, I actually realized that I myself didn't have a good definition for the word. So I took some time to really, really unpack it. And I came across a definition that's just phenomenal. It's by John Kabat-Zinn, who's known as the grandfather of meditation, actually, in the United States. He ended up with a group of people who have really been at the forefront of um, bringing the practice to um, this continent. And he says that mindfulness is moment to moment awareness of the present without judgment. And so I really love that. And what I love about it is that it describes a state of mind. So another way of thinking about mindfulness is that it's a state of mind in which you are fully present. You're not being pulled into the future. You're not being pulled into the past. You're aware of what is. And then I love the non-judgment piece because what do we do when we're observing something? And this is true for everybody. We have this kind of voice in the back of our head saying, I like it, I don't like it. Oh, this is great. Oh, this is terrible. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And so the non-judgment piece helps us kind of recognize that and just say, okay, that's fine, but I'm going to put it aside so I can just be in the moment and I don't need that extra layer of do I like it or do I not like it. We think, okay, just being present is so easy. But when we actually try to do it, there's all these sort of thoughts and emotions that come into your mind. So, so let's sort of start off there. What does being present mean? Mm, such a rich question. Um, I feel like we're lucky because we can all experience being in the present moment. And sometimes we can catch ourselves almost off guard being like, oh, I was really in the moment. <laughs> and as soon as we have that thought, of course, we pulled ourselves somewhere else. But, you know, it's been really warm these past couple days in New York and Brooklyn where I am. And uh, I caught myself the other day just feeling the sun and the warmth on my skin, right? And I just was taking that in. And I was like, oh, this is, this is it. This is what it's like to be in the present moment. The gateway to the present moment, the way that you know that you're in the present moment is if you're observing information around you, whether it's uh, objects or people or places or, or even your thoughts. And you're able to notice that they're happening now versus that they've happened in the past or they've happened in the future, right? So what typically happens, though, is that as soon as something, a piece of information comes to us, so even like I was describing, the sun and my skin, I was noticing it exactly as it was happening. But immediately my mind went to, oh, you know, I think it's hot. What is the rest of the summer going to be like? And do I have air conditioning? And blah, 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 blah. So that is so typical, right? We all kind of, as we're coming across information, we tell ourselves stories about that information. And those stories come from 
our, either our past experiences or things that we've learned. And so um, you mentioned the emotional piece, which is really, really important. Oftentimes, even before a thought comes up, an emotion will come in first, and then we kind of bring in a story to explain whatever that emotion was. Okay, so does, does mindfulness then, just to clarify, does that mm -hmm. no thought? Like you're just supposed to feel the sun and have no thought at that point? No, and so that's a huge misconception. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'll just be direct and say, <laughs> because it's such a huge misconception, right? Um, being mindful is not about completely turning off your brain and having zero thoughts. It's so I was mentioning about the information, you know, whether it's the sun and the sky or the people walking by you or even the thoughts coming through your mind, like those things are happening in the moment. So you can become aware of them. That's what it means to be present. It's just becoming aware of what is happening for you. And so if a thought is happening, that's your reality. That is the present moment where it becomes outside of the realm of mindfulness is when that thought then loops into a story that brings your your awareness and your attention somewhere completely different than where you're at right so in the example that i was giving i was describing this story of how i was in the moment feeling the sun and enjoying it and noticing thoughts around how oh this is this is a really nice experience and then my brain kind of fast-tracked into the future and said, what is it going to be like in the future? The future is not obviously the present. That's we're super clear about. Right. And then I started kind of having these feelings of nervousness around like, is it going to be a really hot summer? Um, is my air conditioning going to make it through the summer? Those kinds of questions. That was pulling, out, pulling me out of my present moment experience and projecting me into the future where I was feeling all of these emotions and thoughts that were not even about my actual experience so that is outside of the bounds of mindfulness right where i can come back into the bounds of mindfulness and say oh i'm having these thoughts and these thoughts are carrying me into the future i don't need to play that game i don't need to follow that loop i can still make the choice to be here now ah so it's not necessarily that Today's awesome, sun is fabulous, I'd like to get ice cream, and then thinking, oh, I shouldn't be thinking I, I, I should get ice cream, but it's more like just recognizing, oh, ice cream, okay, come back. That is such a great example, yes. Interesting, interesting. So at Winnie and during our programs, we also like to incorporate a lot of mindfulness into how we relate to money. Mm -hmm. And we, I think money is actually a really great medium for us to practice mindfulness because although a lot of people sort of associate money with sort of guilt and stress and anxiety and whatnot, it's just so permeated through all of our interactions that each moment gives us a chance to, like you were saying, practice mm -hmm. mindful and be present. Um, so with that concept in mind, I'd love to sort of seek your advice on if we are trying to incorporate a more mindful relationship with our money, 
let's start off with the negative. <laughs> Get the bad part over first. If there's anxiety-inducing or stress-inducing sort of emotions associated with money, is there a way to, like you were saying, acknowledge but come back? Mm-hmm. What you just outlined there is so important because it really is about acknowledging and coming back. What allows you to come back into that present moment is not pushing away or running away from or kind of even uh, coming on board with and then exaggerating even further whatever emotion, and in this case, as you were saying, negative emotion is starting to take over. The key to coming back is to become aware of it Say, oh, I see you. I see you, you know, feeling that I'm not so excited about. I can acknowledge you. I can be present for the fact that I'm experiencing you right now. And I can choose to step on the other side of it, right? I can step out of, let's say, a feeling of shame around a decision that I'm about to make. So this ice cream example, right? Uh, I really shouldn't eat ice cream and on the top on top of it, you know I said that I wasn't going to be spending any money today I'm, This is a challenge that I set for myself and here I am again about to blah 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 blah, right? Mindfulness teaches us that You have all of the power to make your decisions and take actions in the present moment. That's where your power lies so it's really, really important for us to continue to practice coming back to that place where we have our full ability for choice making and action. The way to get back there, once again, I'll just say it once again, because it's so important, is to stop, right? So first stop whatever process. So if it's an emotion that's pulling you out of it, no, stop, create a pause where you can become aware. It can be really helpful to just label that emotion. So, oh, I'm feeling some guilt here. Oh, I'm feeling some shame. Okay, can I take a breath and just acknowledge that? Okay, now let me practice coming back to the present moment and continuing with a choice that I feel really good about. So in a way, it's, there's a simplicity to the process, but it's really, really transformative in terms of the impact that it can have. I find that so helpful because the point where we sometimes lose our members to some of these emotions is when two examples sort of pop into my mind. One is when they've been so, so good and so diligent and they have that one slip in uh, spending and it's sort of, ah, why bother? Mm. Mm -hmm. um, and the second part is they, they start on the journey and it's sort of like midway and they sort of get this crushing feeling, it's never gonna end. Mm -hmm. Like it's the debt is still there and it's still big. Mm -hmm. um, my student loans, it's like, it's gonna follow me until my, <laughs> past my retirement. Mm -hmm. <laughs> These kind of sort of, uh, emotions and for in both scenarios we see that it's it's definitely a journey 
that takes a long time. And sometimes you do need to sort of take the emotion out of it because it's not helping you at that point. And it's, it's sort of, you, you still gotta, you know, take one step at a time, but that emotion is sort of making you stagnant. Um, is there a way for us to recognize, ah, uh, this is, this is an emotion, this is a thought. Mm -hmm. This is not what I'm really feeling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I agree with you that in both scenarios, it's actually at the core very similar. There's, and it's the emotional, the emotion of um, almost like a feeling of overwhelm mm. is creating a divergence from a goal, right? And that's why I think it's so wonderful what you're doing in terms of helping people connect in really with the values that they that they most believe in. Like, what is what is the goal that I'm working towards, or what is the value that I want to hold on to here that's going to help guide me? And these are certainly long term things. Like, there's nobody saying that they're not um, they're not a journey that take many, 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 many steps. But in with the accumulation of each step, you're getting somewhere. So it's really so wonderful to come at it with that framework. The next thing is to then set the emotional expectation to say, I will be challenged along this journey. You can almost think of it as an adventure, right? There will be things that will come up and kind of try to distract me here or like take me off track there. Um, I have an example with food that so it's not at, which I think is hilarious. Every time that I decide not to eat chocolate for a week, literally every, I know why would I do that I don't even know but no I, <laughs> you know just a personal challenge every time I decide no chocolate for a week everybody offers me chocolate it's the most hilarious thing ever and I was like okay well now I know to expect that and it's kind of like it's a funny thing right rather than like this overwhelming thing but here's where mindfulness comes back in when we're practicing mindfulness regularly we're so much more equipped to be able to have distractions become things that can move through us rather than block us or become stuck in us, right? When we're practicing noticing, so if we're, we're working towards mindfulness, the state of mind of being really as they are without judgment, we can notice when an emotion rises, see it for what it is, and not be afraid of it or not be intimidated by it. I would actually suggest that instead of throwing that emotion away or saying like, I don't have time for you right now, my, the way that I think about it is I bring it closer to me actually. I say, oh, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Wow, that's a really hard emotion to carry. That's, that's a lot, I'm, I'm dealing with a lot. Can I, what would I do if this emotion were a child? Seriously, like these are some of the tricks, right? To help to tap into a sense, and now this is another piece um, which is compassion. Tap into a sense of just being gentle with yourself because that's what enables the acceptance, right? If we unpack what acceptance is, and I mentioned before, you need to accept. To be able to move through something, you absolutely need to accept. Acceptance requires a little bit of a softness. It requires a little bit of an, like a sense of just understanding and like, again, it's really fun to think about it as a child because like, if a child makes a mistake, we're not like, oh, you made that mistake again. Like, here's this bad emotion again. Like, what are you doing? You're like, oh, okay, I understand. You're learning here. You're practicing. And 
in practicing, it doesn't mean that every single time you're going to get it right. But what's really important is that you're practicing. And so that's where I feel it's really important for people to make the connection that you're suggesting between mindfulness and money. We know, as for a given fact, in a relationship with money, that we're going to come across different types of challenges. And a lot of them are going to start as emotional ones. So if we can become aware of them and kind of like hold them close, that allows us to accept them and move on. That's really helpful. Just be a bit more kind to yourself. Exactly. That's really helpful. Thank you. Um, and it's amazing. I just, you know, study after study shows that, like, we know two ways of helping to um, change behavior, right? One is kind of more like holding the stick above our own heads. I'm talking about, like, this is the stick that I'm, like, the voice inside of me is holding mm -hmm. above myself, right? And we, be we believe that that's the most effective way to get ourselves down a path, is being really, really hard. But study after study shows that, in fact, being gentle and compassionate, and that doesn't mean you know, every single time letting yourself slip and being like, oh, oops, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to be kind with myself and let that one go. It's like genuinely, you know, working towards a value and when, you know, when you, you trip, when you have a misstep, being able to create the space to bring yourself back onto the, that journey. The research tells us that that's more effective and more sustainable in the long run. Mm, so it's, this is not just, you know, bubbly feel good, but it's, it's actually more impactful exactly exactly yes I mean this is it's so wonderful that there's been this great connection between mindfulness meditation and neuroscience and social psychology so a lot of the practices that we kind of intuitively know and that also have been validated by traditions that have millennia behind them are also now being validated in in the lab so these changes, these practices help affect changes at the level of our, um, the wiring of our brain. Uh, it helps affect changes in our nervous system as well. And so all of this kind of helps to um, live a better life. So in living a better life, you mentioned two tips that we can bring with us in terms of actually practicing mindfulness. Let's not just stop at the theory. Let's, mm -hmm. let's actually try it out. One was sort of a quick start that we could try. And how, do, how would that work? Yeah. So upfront, you can remind yourself that you're really, really committed to a particular goal or a particular value or new habit when it comes to your relationship with your money, right? So as you're going out in the world and you get into maybe a pattern or a habit that's not so helpful. So one of them for me is kind of like get on um, Amazon and now I'm searching and I'm searching and I'm searching for things that I can get myself and I'm searching for things I can get other people, which I think kind of might be really nice. And, mm -hmm. and then I start to notice, you know, minutes go by, minutes go by, and I might have even filled up my shopping cart with some, a few items, maybe more. And then... The key is to stop, just pause for a moment. So that's step one. While you're noticing that you've kind of entered into a cycle, something where you almost feel compelled, it's almost like an out-of-body experience. You feel like you're being driven by something else. Mm. Take a moment to stop, right? That, that stop creates the pause where so many things can happen, right? So the next step after stopping is to bring yourself into the present moment. 
two, I'll give you two suggestions on how to do that. One is actually simply to take a really nice, long, deep breath. We can do that right now. It doesn't take more than a couple of seconds and it's doing two things for you. It's helping to activate the parasympathetic nervous system of your body. So that's the calm nervous system of your body, which is um, what allows you then to move beyond any part of you that's kind of going in a habitual pattern so that you can move into the more higher order executive functioning parts of your brain so that you can bring back your ability in the moment to make a decision rather than just kind of spin out. In taking a, a breath, um, we're being very intentional. And the intention is to bring yourself back into the present moment, right? That present moment, which is the place of your power and your decision-making ability. And so you can also do some other gestures if that's helpful. In the example I was giving, you know, instead of having my hands on my keyboard, I might like literally like pick up my hands and just place them on my lap. Or if I'm in a store standing, I might actually just feel my feet on the ground. So you're helping to kind of like gather your awareness out from like this external driving force of the pattern, just right back to the present moment, right back to your body, really. And then after that, so taking one breath, two breaths, you might even feel like taking four or five breaths. The key is really just one deep breath. Now you're in the present moment. And you can... At that point, help to shift your mindset by asking yourself a question or bringing yourself, um, bringing to mind the value that's really, really important to yourself. So I'll give you an example. Um, I have another friend who was working towards an objective of going to school. And so she asked herself, is this most supportive on my path to my degree? So whatever is most important to you, whatever is your actual driving value in life, Bring that up and say, what would that do? What would my value do? Just to summarize, then you take one deep breath or a few more if you need be. Then mm -hmm. you either touch or sense your bodily presence. Mm -hmm. And then third, you ask yourself your life value question mantra. And you also mentioned, so this is sort of like a Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. So sort of a longer sequence that we could try. Yeah, exactly. So in the short sequence, right, the outcome, we're not so, I'm not so concerned about the outcome. The outcome might be, oh, you'll continue, like, oh, I might continue shopping and I'm going to press five. That's okay because the practice of having brought awareness interrupted the process is changing your pattern. Even if the outcome doesn't show it immediately, you have done something for yourself that's very, very important. And cumulatively, it will make a difference. So that's great for the short-term one. But the one that can become part of your daily practice, or even, you know, you can do it every couple of days if you want to start with something that feels more accessible, is one where we're practicing mindfulness as a state of being or a state of mind so that when we get in moments where we're noticing, oh, I'm not so mindful, we have a strength and capacity to notice in the first place. Because actually one of the biggest challenges is to just interrupt the process at all, and that requires that stopping point. So 
I'd love for us to actually practice right now. It's really beautiful, simple mindfulness meditation. And we'll do, what do you say? Should we do 10 minutes? We okay. Can, we could do, so 10 minutes is really great. If 10 minutes feels good, um, you can start with just a few minutes, three, four, five minutes is fantastic too. Uh, science tells us that anywhere from a minimum of 12 minutes to more like an average of 20 minutes um, really is how you start to rewire your brain in significant ways. But let's do a 10 minute practice. It's mindfulness meditation, focusing on our breath. So just right in your chair, right where you are, you can feel yourself in your seat and place your feet on the floor and notice the soles of your feet and your shoes or not just resting on the floor. And kind of let that feeling anchor itself in you by reminding yourself that just by feeling your feet on the floor, you're coming into the present moment. And then now take a deep breath to lengthen through the spine. And on your exhale, just settle back down so that you feel lift through your spine, but no effort. And roll your shoulders back slightly, opening up across the chest. And then if it's comfortable to you, you can close your eyes or lower your gaze to a steady point. And start to tune into your breath. And notice what it feels like to be here in the seated posture. And immediately as we tune into breath, our mind might go in a million directions. So know that that's perfectly fine and perfectly normal. In tuning into the breath, feel the air as it moves in through your nose. And feel what it's like for the air to move through your body, maybe noticing the rising and falling of your chest and belly. And let the breath be exactly as it is. We breathe 20,000 times a day without even thinking about it. So right now is about just bringing awareness to the breath without needing to change or manipulate it.
Let each breath be an opportunity to start again. Every inhale, a new beginning. And every exhale, release and letting go. Notice where your mind is now. And perhaps a thought or a sensation or an emotion has really captivated your mind's interest. Just acknowledge that, let it be. Very gently steering your awareness back to your breath. Notice the rhythm of your breath. Observe the stillness of your body.
Your breath is always here for you right in the present moment. And as we begin to conclude this practice, bring your awareness once again to the sensation of your breath, the rising and falling of your chest and belly. Becoming particularly aware of how even in the stillness of your body, there's movement with the breath. And let that movement become amplified by taking one really deep breath, inhaling, and exhaling fully. At the very bottom of your exhale, as you return to normal breath, drop your chin to your chest, stretching out the back of your neck. Take a moment here to appreciate what you've just done for yourself. Appreciate how you feel. And when you're ready, in your own time, you can very slowly open your eyes. And maybe take some stretches, rolling your shoulders, lifting the arms up. Oh, wow. There you go. How do you feel? Speechless. Speechless. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. There was a point when I became really sort of interested in all the surrounding noises. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then thoughts that popped into my head and then also like, the good minky versus the bad minky, like I shouldn't be thinking this. And then, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. and then I remember like, even the thought of I shouldn't be thinking this is judgmental. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like what you said in the very beginning. And then you, at that point you, you mentioned, um, come back to the sensation of the breath. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's the, small moment when I kind of got it. I, I, I need a lot more practice, but I, I kind of got it. Um, and it sort of like just dissipated all my other thoughts. Wow, very cool. That's exactly it. I'm so glad you noticed that. It's, um, we, you know, we were talking about the definition of mindfulness at the beginning. The definition of meditation is that it's the practice to help cultivate mindfulness. And that practice is not about turning off thoughts. 
It's not about sitting here and just feeling like I'm, you know, super peaceful. It's about noticing when thoughts, sensations, sounds, etc., arise, becoming aware of that and making the choice to return to the breath, which is the now strengthening that muscle that when you then have to go practice this in your everyday life and making your decisions every day, that muscle is a little bit stronger so those decisions become a little bit more clear, a little bit more easy. Beautiful. This is so helpful. Like I, I could do the Kickstarter breath when I'm sort of in the pinch and in the moment. Mm -hmm. And then perhaps a longer version of it, either when I wake up before I go to sleep or maybe during my commute or something like that. This was super, super uh, an exceptional experience. Thank you, Miriam. As our parting thought, we always ask, so Winnie means win plus Roman numeral two, you win, we win, we win two. Mm, love that. What does, <laughs> what does uh, winning in life mean to you? Hmm. Winning at life for me means walking around with a heart that's at peace so that I can offer that to others as a starting point for their own transformations. Amazing. And for some of our members who may be interested in taking a further step in that transformation, how can they reach you? So many ways. So <laughs> Brain Spa, you can find at www.yourbrainspa.com. And I'm also on Twitter at Miriam, M-I-R-I-A-M underscore Leah, L-E-I-A. And ping me there, uh, reach out to me through my website. I would absolutely love to hear from Winnie members. That would be phenomenal. And, um, and I'm excited. I'm excited for, for how you're championing mindfulness and money, Minky. Keep it up. It's really great. Awesome. Thank you. And of course, we'll have all those links at the bottom of our blog page. Wonderful. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Bye.